0: So much. Uh, you may be seated. First Timothy is a letter written to a young minister during the first century. I don't know about you, but I believe the Bible, and uh, the New Testament was written organically by men scattered across the Holy Land and the Roman Empire from different viewpoints, different points of life, and yet it all flows together in cohesion. And uh, it wasn't like a committee sat down and schemed to come up with this thing. And uh, Paul miraculously had become a believer. He was out trying to destroy Christians, and he was gloriously converted. And uh, the Lord called him into leadership, and he raised up this young man of God named Timothy who took him with him on his trips. And you can read about some of those trips in the book known as Acts of the Apostles. Anyway, in this letter to Timothy, he says these words in verse 18. He says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy. Now, Paul wasn't married. He didn't have children, but he had spiritual children. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them, this is the charge, by the prophecies he had heard previously, By them you may wage the good warfare. What is a good warfare? Well, the good warfare is the real war. And it's fighting for the souls of men, fighting for the cause of Christ, fighting against things that would hold us back from doing God's will. And so according to these prophecies, he wages a good warfare having two things. Verse 19, having faith, can we say faith? And a good conscience. Can we say a good conscience? Which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. So one of the things God does to propel us onward is gives us words of prophecy. Now, some churches would say, some churches approach the Bible like it's a cafeteria. Now, we understand Christ fulfilled the Old Testament. But it's there, for the record, it's there full of prophecies about Jesus that he would fulfill. And the New Testament is a fulfillment of the Old Testament. And so all the New Testament is for us, I believe, in some aspect. And so prophecy is definitely part of the New Testament. First Corinthians 14 says that prophecy is exhortation. That's to call up. Edification, that's to build up. And comfort, that's to calm down. Call up, build up, calm down. And it's accompanied often by words of knowledge, which is insight into present circumstances or past circumstances, and word of wisdom, which is insight into what we need to do in the future. So these gifts work for the edifying of the body of Christ, for building us up. And our part is to not forget them, but hold on to them, record them. We, we are recording these services. If you want the service where you were ministered to, just fill out a a uh, Sheet back there and tell us which service it was that you would like a word. And Sean and Jeff, can you guys raise your hand? They're willing to sit down with you. I can give you their number. They're willing to sit down with you and help you listen to the word and judge it. Um, We prophesy in part, so it's not like fortune-telling. It's not like it gives you the big picture. But you get enough to move you forward to pursue God's will in life. And sometimes between now and the fulfillment are surprises along the way. Sometimes it's opposition, things like that. But we wage a good warfare according to the prophecies, right? It's kind of like you have a, uh, a destination where you're going. A prophecy gives you a glimpse of that destination. So our part is to not forget that prophecy but fight according to it and have two things going on, faith and a good conscience. Uh, the fulfillment of prophecy is conditional on our obeying the Lord's will for our life. And uh, while prophecy doesn't tell us everything that he wants for our life, it tells us enough to encourage us to pursue the Lord. Um, So are you guys ready? Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for what's going to happen here tonight. We ask you, Lord, to help us to have faith and a good conscience every day. And should we get off track and uh, override our conscience, Lord, I pray that you would convict us and bring us to a place of repentance and receiving this forgiveness that's already ours and getting up and pursuing your will again. Help us, Lord, to wage a good warfare and give Sean and Jeff wisdom as they sit down with people to help judge their word, help them apply their word and track progress and seeing your will done. Lord, bless Tom's ministry. Bless all that he's got going on. Lord, it just blows my mind, everything that's happening. God, we just pray you would encourage him for the journey as well. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Tom Stammen. God is good, and
1: all the time, and the devil's bad, and all the time, and he is bad the bone. Amen. Good to have you here tonight. A beautiful night here in Texas. It's not raining. I'm sure you're happy about that. Turn your Bible to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Pastor, for the nice introduction. Appreciate that. Revelation chapter 3, looking at verse... Number seven, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David, who opens a door no one can shut, and when he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds see a place before you an open door. Father God, we pray for open doors that nobody can close in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I want to encourage you to take out a piece of paper and pen to take notes you don't have one, look for that neighbor with that 50-pound purse, and take out your cell phone, iPad, Kindle, neighbor's shirt, whatever you got, Revelation chapter 3, verse number 8. we we'll to talk about God opening up doors for the kingdom of God, for the ministry. Point number one, to the angel of the church, and point number one is this, God wants the doors to be opened supernaturally, amen, supernatural connections. God has a great plan for people, but you cannot open the door by yourself. You need supernatural opportunities. Amen. Even how I met Pastor Allen was supernatural. Through friends that were here this morning. Uh, Greg, his wife wasn't here, but Greg was here. I met them through one of my ministers who got saved supernaturally. And God opened that door. In fact, it was about four generations of people how I met you. I'll tell you how that first meeting came. A young lady came to my meeting. I said, I see you dating somebody. She said, yes. Is he born again? She said, I don't, know. I don't know. Well, if he's not, dump him. So she's really pretty, pretty blonde and goes up to her boyfriend. She said, I went to a prophet last night. He said, if you're not born again, I'm going to dump you. He says, what does it mean to be born again? She says, I have no idea. But well, you better become born again or I'm going to dump you. And she's really cute. The guy said, okay, I guess I better become born again then. He shows up at my meeting like a deer in the headlights. And he gives his life to Jesus. He gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, goes to Bible school. Graduated from Kenneth Copeland, that little school somewhere, a little ministry, and uh, uh, went to a church, invited Greg and Marietta, and I met Pastor Allen, and it was supernatural. He gave his life to Jesus. And I asked him, What touched you the most in the meeting? Was it the preaching? He said, No. Was it the joke? She said, Definitely not. Was it the prophecy? He says, No. I said, What touched you? He said, Dude, you had the biggest arms I've ever seen, and I wanted an arms like you. <laughs> not very spiritual, but he's a spiritual man today. He's now got a church of about 500 people, so he's doing really well. But anyway, there you go. Who knows? I was actually at the LAX airport coming back from a meeting with some of the people that I met through here. <laughs> and uh, I'm going through the security, and the guy says, leave your guns at the front desk. I went, oh, <laughs> whatever. He didn't laugh. I thought it was kind of funny. Anyways, The scripture I shared with today's second service: We have not because we ask God for supernatural connections. Ask Him. Sitting at an airport in Atlanta, before the lights went out in Georgia, before they hung an innocent guy, and uh, I talked on the phone. A guy watched us, "Are you are you a preacher?" And went, "Yes." He said, "I want you to preach at my church." I went, "Who are you?" (laughs) And uh, he was going to Honduras the same time I was. Long story short, he had me preach in his church in San Antonio. He heard me say one thing. I'm on the phone eavesdropping, and it, God opened that door to San Antonio. First time I've ever preached there. God is an awesome God. He wants to do supernatural things in your life. So write this point down on your paper. Expect, everybody say expect, expect the supernatural. A lot of people's angels are unemployed. They're not doing anything. Angels were designed to help you achieve your destiny. How many can say amen? Speaking of destiny, we're going to pray. I hate to say shake, son. I should know his name, but I don't. But he's going to get prayed for. So why don't you bring your boy up here, your young man. And a couple people want to come stand by him if you can. And we're going to pray for him. Come on, buddy, before the rapture. There you go. Would you all stretch forth your hands? How about a couple people want to help me pray for him? Like to do that? Come on, Trey. Shake it, leg. And here. Let's pray for him. Amen. Why don't you face me? Are you ready? So, God, I pray for him to be enthusiastic about coming to church, right? not like, we're always in church. It takes forever. You ever thought that thought once or twice? I know. Mom and Dad talk forever. I just want to go home and do important things like video games. I pray, God, for him to be a leader, to be excited about what God has done. He needs to go to Bible camp every year. He needs to go on mission trips. And catch the vision. Amen. I know, and everybody knows, he should be involved in music. But I see him becoming a great athlete. High five. Maybe good enough, look at me, to get a scholarship someday to college. Wouldn't that be exciting? Amen. So I pray for the joy of the Lord to be his strength. Give him more Christian friends here in the church. Let him be a leader. Not because he's a minister's son, but because he's got a calling on his life. Pray for him to be helpful around the house, helping mom. Do cleaning. High five. And enjoy. Well, you won't enjoy it. But he'll do it, Lord, with a good attitude and a positive attitude. I pray for him to get scholarships. Your mom's going to make you study hard. Isn't that exciting? And do your homework. Amen? Uh So, God, I pray that he'll be sharp. And, God, he'll have favor with all the teachers because they see the love of God in him. In Jesus' name, amen. High five. Give him a hand. Amen. He needs to play an instrument. He could be one of the best. I does he play? Yeah, I actually see him playing with the adults. He's going to be that good. He's already done. I'm almost. I'm always late. I believe in confirmation. I was Catholic.
2: Okay,
1: all right, all right. amen. Father's that's good to have Pastor Mike here. Amen. And his wife disappeared. I don't know where she went, but uh, i sure she'll be back. And uh, John was a Baptist. And Joshua was a Catholic. He was son of a nun. Okay. You haven't heard that one? So for sure you learned that at Bible School. We did that. All right. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Of course, you know what Philadelphia means, right? It's the city of violence. No, that's America. No, it's... It's a city of what? If you don't love people, don't tell people you're a Christian. Uh, Met a dyslexic Satanist on Halloween. He didn't believe in Santa. Also met a dyslexic atheist. He doesn't believe in dogs. Anyway, um, it's all about loving people. You know, hell is probably lined up with people that were hurt by Christian people that didn't have love. The number one attribute of a Christian is we love God, but number two, right next to it, close to it, is we have to love people. Do you love people? I just have a, had a ministry minister, just 10 days ago say, I love the ministry, I just don't really care about the people. I said, are you listening to yourself? Uh, if you don't like people, don't go in the ministry. Get a job that doesn't like people, like the IRS or something. IRS, IRS, Satan, <laughs> Infernal Revenue Service. Anyway, hope they didn't hear that. The point is, is we have to love one another. They'll know we're Christians by our love. Jesus said that people would see your good works, and they will glorify your Father in heaven. I fly a lot. I was sitting next to a, a guy I'm on the highest level you can be flying, and sitting next to a guy, and he's going on and on about his six kids. I have six kids, blah, 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 for like about 45 minutes. I was praying he'd get laryngitis, but he did Finally, he took a breath. And you, you appreciate this. I said, add three of those kids to me, three to that number. He said, you got nine kids? No, I got 63. And he gave me the same look that teenager did, the 18-year-old. I got 63 kids. He went, hmm. I let him think about it for a while. I said, yeah, different moms. And I looked at him, and he looked at me, and I waited a little bit. Uh, You're right, I'm not that good looking. Different dads, too. I have an orphanage. Then I talked for 45 minutes until he fell asleep. It was awesome. But I found that people don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. Do we love people? Can't hear you. Can people say, you must be one of those radical Christians. You love people. Right? Do we go the extra mile? When's the last time you opened up your home to somebody that's dysfunctional? <laughs> When's the last time you gave to an orphan? Helped somebody out? Gave a word of encouragement? Bless people. It's all about loving people. Do we love people? Do we get sick and tired of people? Don't get sick and tired of people. God is not sick and tired of people. Amen. God loves people. Amen. So here's what I want you to do. Take out your pen and paper. I want you to to write down a way that you can love people, that people can see the love of Jesus. The Bible talks about this. We show God in Hebrews that we love him by how we love people. Do you care for people? To me, that's what it's all about. The most important muscle in the body is the heart. It's the love muscle. We've got to do more and more of that. That's what I like about this church. This church cares for people. But how many of you have ever been to a church that uh, really didn't care for people? It was a number of things. Get as many people in as you can, and in and out, and in and out, and in and out. This church cares for people. That's the bottom line. Well, let God use you. Amen and amen. The church of brotherly love. Let this church be known for that. Amen. All right. I'm going to pray for the 18-year-old teenager there. And uh, they warned you. you might get they didn't warn you, did you? That's good. Come on over here. They invited you, and then they left. Okay, that's, that's, that's convenient. Okay. All right. Come stand over here. Let's get it over with. All right, a couple of ladies want to come stand by her. We're going to pray for her. What girls want to stand by her? Ladies, females? There you go. Bring up a couple of teenage daughters. They can help me pray. And uh, stand by your daughter. Here's pray for her. Soon i like, this is crazy. This is weird. I can't believe this is happening. Right. But I'm going to say this. How many here believe that she's going to graduate from college? Right here. And she's not going to be poor? No, no, no. She is smart, she is gifted, and she is persuasive. Amen. I pray for her to be a leader, not a follower, but set good examples for other people. I even pray that your sister will be one of your best friends ever. Amen. That they'll never argue or fight, get along, right? Now, she's starting to roll her eyes like a poltergeist. I talked about that (laughs) before the meeting. You didn't listen to me, Okay, right? And she's smart. And as the older she gets, the smarter mother gets. Have you noticed that? Exactly. I can't wait until she has kids and has the same rules you had. (laughs) That's going to be awesome. Can you believe that? No. But you will one day. I guarantee you will find yourself talking like she did. To the kids, like, I just said what my mom said. I hated that as a kid. If I prefer to be a leader, she's a very uh, good good character, hardworking, she shall succeed to the glory of God. Amen. Give her a hand. Remember, boys are bad. Your mom and dad have the right to veto every guy you like. Woo-woo. Give her a hand. Amen. That's it. You survived a Tom Stamman prophecy. You think? Well, how nice is that? First thank you I got today. Very good. You know, really, I hope you have a passport because you'd be really good on a mission trip. And you hate injustice. You hate to see kids getting abused, picked on starving to death. She hates that. Your career is going to be tied into helping people. Amen? And she is a little bossy, as you well know. Oh, yeah. There you go. All right. How many here are happy tonight? Raise your hand. So I want you to hug your neighbor. Go ahead. Oh, hug your neighbor. Somebody said, no way. I don't want to do that. Yuck. Okay. All right. I need a hug. Okay. says so this. These are the words... Okay, oh, excuse me. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write. So write this down. What are your goals in life? You can't win a soccer game unless you have goals. God, this is very good. Successful people write down their goals. Successful people write down their vision. Successful people write down what they're believing for. Open the doors, Lord. Well, what doors do you want to open? Again, we have not because we ask not. There's something about the power of writing things down. Do you do that? How many here are getting older? Raise your hand. And how many occasionally are forgetting things? Someone invited me to go to an Alzheimer's walkathon, but I forgot what time it started, and I missed it. Okay? But that's not funny. I'm so sorry. That's why you're laughing. Write things down. Write your vision. Write what you're believing for. Listen, if you can't take the time to write it down, why should God even help you? How hard is it to do that? I believe even the young people, say young people, during the sermons need to take notes. I believe even men should take notes and not just the wives. (laughs) Oops, I was stepping on toes. If I just stepped on your toe, just call a tow truck. Tough crowd tonight. Okay. Second service really liked my jokes. All right. I want a bet. Okay. All right. Let's stay focused, folks. Somebody just came tonight to pick on me. But the point is this. Is we have to write it out. There's power in writing. If you go to any motivational speaker, they'll talk about write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down. Are you writing down what you're believing for in the next year? Are you writing down? what you believe for in the next two years. Uh, my brother gave me a compliment. I, I appreciate it. He said to me, uh, wait for, I remember your name. What's your first name? W- Will says, I like seeing what you did from last year to this year. But whatever we built, you know, we just built our 46th project on our property. Everything people see, we wrote it down one to two years ago. Now we're writing things down one to two to five years in the future. If you do a city, you just can't wing it. Oh, I forgot, the pig barn is next to the nursery. Oops, should have thought that thing through. You have to plan. God has plans for you. He has plans for the church. He has plans for your family. He has plans for the universe. He can help you plan the future. i will can say hallelujah. This brother said he had, like, what, a record-setting sales in 2014. Did you write down any goals after that, or are you just kind of winging it? Great point. Okay, don't listen to what word he said. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Okay, thanks a lot for ruining my point. I had a, And I just knew. I just knew you were going to say that. Oh,
2: thanks for sharing. Thanks for being hard, Spanky. Gosh, what I
1: did I do to deserve this? Okay, okay, I, I know. All right, anyways. How many? You ever have somebody come to church and you have to put on the full armor when they come back? He's back. Put on the full armor of God. I'm not saying that's you, brother. All right, let's pray. Um, I love praying for people. It's so much fun. All right, let's get. Um, how about a young person? How about the young man right there talking to you? Come up here, buddy. Who's gonna stand by me? Some guys to stand by him. Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah, Trey. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. All right, y'all stretch forth your hands. Let's pray for him. Here we go. Amen. And he is a nice kid, too. Um, Sometimes he gets picked on, and he don't like it. You know what? If I were a kid, I wouldn't pick on you. You could probably body slam me. But he's a nice kid. Actually, I believe, pastor with the right pastoring, he could be a good pastor because he cares for people. Now, is that the grandma you had sitting there today? When grandma's not feeling good, it kind of bothers you. Because you love your grandma. You get her things. You help her out. He's got a good heart. Amen. His heart's been broken, sometimes confused in life. I am so glad you're here. I really pray that your family lets you go on a mission trip, too. I pray he becomes part of the youth group. Amen, Yvette. Do you know him? Good. He's going to come and be a helper. I'd like to see him develop some musical talents. As big as he is, he should play football and play an instrument at the same time. Oh, yeah. He's good. He's good. You want an arm wrestle? Okay, all right, tough guy. All right, so you've got to pray for him to be an example, to get his homework done before he does any video game playing. you got to pray for him to be a worshiper of God, because you love him and you care for him. Speak to him and give him vision and purpose in his life to help people. In Jesus' name, amen. What do you think about that one, buddy? Let's Shake your hand like a man. Give him a hand. Amen. Write it down. Then it says this, and I like this next point. These are the words of him who is holy. It is essential that you let God speak in your life. What is God saying to you? Whether it's through the Bible, which is the number one way for God to speak, through the prophetic, through words of encouragement. But how is God speaking to you? Revelation talks about a loud voice. Actually I hear voices for a living. But anyways, but are you hearing God's voice beyond all the other voices? He wants to talk to you. How many of you have ever been in love? Say, uh-huh. One teenage boy said, "I'm I'm in love." I said, "No, you're not. You're in heat." But anyways, um. And we we can't believe you laughed at that one. That was that was a shocker. But the 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 point is this, he said, God wants to talk to us and give us direction. How many here have ever had God tell you, call this person right now? And you called, and you called at the right time. Write this person a letter. Write this person an email. Text this person. I was in a church probably 10 years ago. Called out a, a lady. I said, I see the word suicide. She, Does that make sense to you? She says, I'm going to kill myself tonight. That was my plan. She gave her life to Jesus. I encourage her not to do that. There's a lady in the meeting. About an hour after the meeting was over, she felt, I need to call my friend and see if she's okay. She called, no answer. She called again, no answer. She texted, no answer. She felt very prompted. Go to the house right now. She went in there, knocked in the door. Lights on, no one's home. Knock, 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 open the door. The lady had slit her throat and was dying, but she got there in the nick of time. And saved her life. God spoke. God wants to speak how we can say amen. One of the coolest words I ever had in my home ministry, I mean, I would pray for about a half a million people. I was praying for a man, and I said, I see somebody missing your life. Uh, is their son missing? He said, We haven't seen our son in four years. We don't know if he's alive, we don't know if he's dead. He went through a divorce and just disappeared. And I don't even remember saying this, but they do. But somehow it came out. Go to Des Moines, you're going to find your son. Des Moines, Iowa, not as big as Dallas or Fort Worth, but it's 250,000 people. What are the odds of going to a city of 250,000 people, walking the streets and finding somebody? I don't think I said that. I I didn't have enough faith to say something like that. And they went to Des Moines back in the days when they still had phone booths. They tried to call the police to see if maybe they know where he's at. Phone Phone was broken. What's the next phone booth? That was broken. What's the next one? Somebody's talking forever. They're waiting, waiting, waiting. I don't know why they have a cell phone, but you know, about 14 years ago. Waiting, waiting, waiting. They look up, and their son comes walking by the phone booth. They brought him home. He's been serving God ever since. He was lost for four years, and God found him. Isn't that exciting? God wants to speak. How many can say amen? God is still talking. Just like the word that you gave today, that was a powerful word, in season, at the right time. But are you listening? It's not if he's talking. It's are you listening? Who here has ever had a, a back pain? Maybe middle, upper back. Oh, okay. Um, you know what? If you're going to get prayed for tonight. I'm here going to bleed for a healing. When I say number seven, if you had a back pain, especially right up in there, We're going to pray, and let's believe God for a miracle. How many can say amen? Amen? And you got one, too? This is going to be a long healing line tonight. Amen for back stuff. Right there. Amen. Let's believe God for that miracle. Amen. He's talking. He's speaking. Are you listening? All right. Let's pray for the, the big guy in the back. Is that your wife or your daughter next to you? Okay. Stand by your man. Okay. Guys you guys going help me out? Come on, brother. You should be sitting in the front row anyway, so you can help me pray for people tonight. Stretch forth him a hand for him. Pastor I probably need you to help me pray for him too. That's right. And he's a big guy with a big heart, and a sense of humor is weird. Dude, your jokes are worse <laughs> than mine. And sometimes your wife has to say, "I love you." Shut up. And she doesn't like to get teased. Hello, slow learner. She doesn't like it. You like it. She don't like it. Now, she might tease you. Don't do it back. I'm trying to help you. Right? Are you listening to me? Amen? Right? And she's, I mean, how safe can you feel going anywhere? Downtown Dallas. Hey, okay, my husband can body slam like three of those kids. He could outrun them anyways. Their pants are down to their knees. <laughs> Did I say that? Anyway, I would like to see him work with young people. I mean, kids think you're cool. He's a little bit different, but we love this guy. He's a big teddy bear, amen. I believe, Father God, that he's going to have major compassion for the lost, major compassion for kids who don't have a good dad. The Next to not knowing God, the number one problem in America, where are the dads? He's got the compassion. He's got the love. And I, you guys have kids yourself yeah? But, you know, I can see either foster care or adopting or just – Pouring into a youth ministry. What do you think about that? He's adopting your two kids. Amen. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand. What a good man. Wow. Because the best way to love her, more than anything, is to love her kids. That was the one thing. And She wanted to marry a man that loved her. But if she could choose between good dad, good husband, she had to make the choice. She doesn't. But she had to make the choice, she'd want a good dad. And you're doing that. And you do love them. Now, are they, they're not teenagers yet, are they? You look too young. They may say one day, I'm going to prepare you. You can't tell me what to do. You're not my real dad. I'm, I'm going to prepare you for that. So when it happens, you got to go. Kids will say anything to get out of work. Kids will say anything to get out of discipline. And you, Don't react. Just go, whatever. I'm your dad, and I love you, but I'm still the boss. Does that make sense? So they work together. But I'm praying. Are you ready? For child number three. So get her done. <laughs> Maybe you got her done already. I don't know. But you're going to get her done. So let it happen, God. But, but God also the kingdom. God let him come to church and raise his hands in the air. Praising God and worshiping God that God gave you a great wife. Because you know before, you were you were horrible at picking. You were a dark magnet. What were you thinking before? Amen. And he married up when he married her. And so God, he got a great Complete family package. Amen. And he loves them. And it's a great household. It's not perfect. It's not leave it to beaver. But you know what? It's a whole lot better than it was before. As they work together and they love you. One day, God, I pray for him to have that pastor title. But more importantly, do the work of a minister. Love people. Care for people. Let them succeed and have a nice home in the country. If you want to go out and shoot a gun, you just shoot it out your backyard. Amen. What do you think about that one? Is that good? Hey, all right. Give him a hand. Amen. You know, this is kind of interesting. This is really cool. Have um, when are you gonna? When's the adoption gonna be finalized? Sure, I know. There's, right? There's always somebody that's holding back, and we won't go there. But when it happens, wouldn't it be kind of neat to have like a Saturday night celebration or something? I don't know. I put an extra service on your maybe Sunday after service. Have a celebration and walking them into the family. How many of you think that'd be kind of neat? Amen. That would be so cool. So you have made her happy. She, for a long time, she never felt she could ever have a happy life until she met you. not that exciting? Oh, let's give my a hand. Isn't that cute? Mm. Amen. How many here just love the way God speaks? Amen. All five of you. Okay. All right. I do. Amen. Let's keep going. I love this. I love this scripture. These are the words who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. Everybody say key. God has the key to unlock your future. is exciting? He has the key. Okay? Sometimes we try to pound the door, turn the door, ram into the door. But if you have the key, it opens a lot easier, doesn't it? May God give you the key of strategy. The key of wisdom, the key of knowledge, to open that door. Here's a phrase I quote a lot. You ready? God can do more in a microsecond than you can do in your whole life. One key. Wow. Thank you, God. For two years, I prayed for a tractor. And I don't pray for any kind of tractor. I pray for the best. As I read in the Bible, as a deer pants for the water, book of John, John Deere. That's good hermeneutics. I learned that at our Bible school too. John Deere, I don't want a fake. If it's ready to be dead in the shed. And so I prayed for a John Deere tractor for years. Met a guy who worked for John Deere. He's a senior engineer, 26 patents. He said, Brother Jay, you need to go to Honduras. God's got a plan for you. So he came down there, and um, well, I got an email in May. When it was at your church saying, the final payment has been given, and he paid for the John Deere tractor. Amen. Mm-hmm. Nothing runs like a deer. Yeah. So, God had the key to the tractor. He found the right person to write the $30,000 check, okay, to get the tractor. God has the key for you. But we have not because we, some of you just need the right key. For example, my brother in the back, you're sharp, dude. You're gifted. All you need is the right key. Right? We need the right key. What key do you need? To achieve what God wants you to achieve. Amen. There's a lot of doors, but do you have the right key to people's hearts? Amen. And amen. How many want to reach the lost? Right? God has the key. All right, The key that God uses for me is prophecy. Words of knowledge. It opens up people's hearts. They get touched by God. They get changed. And they open up their hearts to Jesus. But everybody has different keys. The pastor has an incredible key of teaching. Encouraging, loving people. Amen. Yvette is prophetic and anointed. That's her key. Your key is different than somebody else's key. Car, you know, Carl has a key in the nursing home to see people find Jesus. This man has a key to make a whole lot of money in sales and business. You know, you, know, you, you, you do electrical. My dad was an electrician. He always kept his current. No, he was I'm sorry. He actually was a roofer. He always looked up to him. Who said that? I was studying a Frisbee one day. It got bigger and bigger and then hit me. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Are you ready? Right here. I'm talking to you. Before the rapture. All right. Ladies, come stand by her. We like to do that. How about the lady in the blue? How about the intercessor lady, the hyper on fire for Jesus, Scare the... No, you know you're scared the hell out of the devil woman. Is that, is that appropriate to say that? I don't know, but I really felt led to say that. scare the hell out of the devil. That could be a good teaching. I scare the hell out of the devil. <laughs> uh, whatever. Okay. Anyway. And may I introduce you to your daughter. In fact, some people might even think you might be uh, a little related. Amen. I pray for that big heart that she has. It's a heart that could get taken advantage of sometimes. And I pray that you'd be able to Call our sister up. What do you think I should do? Not every day, not for every little thing, but for major decisions? Absolutely. Now, that was your mom that was with you? Or your boyfriend's mom? How that work? Yeah, right. You're very good at taking care of people. That could be part of your job. But God, I also pray that when she gets married, she's not taking care of a husband. He needs to take care of you. She is mature. She is responsible. I, God, I pray that she'll feel loved here. She's in a little bit of a shell, but you shall come out. Amen. Can you not see great potential in her? Absolutely. How is she not working with the children? You'd be great working with kids. She's helpful, but she's not good at taking compliments. You get an F minus at taking compliments.
2: You're like, no, I don't.
1: Yeah, well, to the right person, i got to convince one guy to say yes. Okay. I pray for her to be godly, holy, holy. Have great character that brings glory to Jesus every day. Amen and amen. You're good at loving people. Stop criticizing yourself. Can I tell you this? Are you ready? You agree with me. You're a gem. You just got to know that. She shook her head no. When you look in the mirror, you got to say, wow, that's one nice, good-looking lady that God made. Absolutely. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Not everybody wants the perfect-looking Barbie doll with the bad attitude. She's beautiful to the right person that loves her. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, my wife married me. How many of you have ever met my wife? My wife is beautiful. Someone asked me, how did you marry such a pretty wife? <laughs> Blind dates. I don't know if I ever told you this, Pastor. My wife was afraid of the dark. Then she turned the light on and saw me. Now she's afraid of the light. <laughs> I was a kid, the cat buried me in the sandbox. I mean, come on. It was a bad day. All right. That's gross. Don't even think about that one. That's right. Pastor Mike, be nice. All right. What he opens, no one can shut. So take out your pen and paper, would you? Cell phone, iPad, Kindle, neighbor shirt. What door do you want open? I mean, I would assume, ma'am, that you prayed that someday God will send you an awesome man with big muscles that would love you and love your kids. And God sent you the teddy bear. Amen? Right? Now, he's a little different. Sometimes you have to roll your eyes and go like, wow, I didn't see that part of you. (laughs) He's good at saying he's sorry because he has to do it quite often. But anyways, (laughs) sorry. My wife has a great Hispanic accent. One day she said to me, I'll be Bach. I said, I'll be Beethoven. (laughs) Anyway. So, God loves to open doors. Isn't it exciting? How many married women have a husband? And and how many let him open the door? How many women let your... How many men let your wife open the door for you? Now, <laughs> Mr. Cripple, <laughs> let's say he's handicapped, but he hurt his foot. He's footy-capped. <laughs> footy-capped. That's cute. It's not very funny, but it's cute. But God is the bridegroom. We're the bride. And guess what? He likes to open doors. So, Write this down. You ready? Be specific. What doors do you want him to open? I'm actually praying that you can go to the who's who in the company, not ask for it for free, but at least a nice discount for orphans. That would light up their world. All they can do is say no. So here's a phrase to write down. It's always a no Unless you ask. So why not ask for a big door? What if God says no? It's okay. Keep asking. As long as it's biblical, you should ask. What doors do you want open? Think about that. For example, a number of years ago, I prayed that God would open a door to meet a professional athlete. I should have been more specific. Got a chance to go out to eat with the guy. He was NFL Defensive Player of the Year, um, Pro Bowler, four years, but unfortunately played for the Green Bay Packers. I should have been more specific. I'm for the Vikings. I have a heart for losers. Right? And God opened a door, but I should have asked, open a door from a team that I like, not an enemy team. And a lot of people, God could open a door, write this down, to a Boaz. A Boaz was the man that paid for Ruth. But people don't ask for Boaz. They don't ask for that open door. He has an open door that he wants to open. He could try a whole lifetime, and that door would never be open. One of my favorite ministries is is, uh, IHOP, International House of Prayer. God opened up that door this year. I mean, it's just exciting. We wanted to go there for, for 15 years, and one of my ministers talked to one of the guys. I said, "Yes, I want him to come for two days." And I'm going back in January. It was an open door. I didn't have to. I didn't have to even turn it. It just opened up. God wants to open up a door for you, but many times because we don't think about it, we don't even ask. We don't even dream about it. How many here believe? That God is going to open up doors for this couple right here. There are many opportunities that God has for you to minister, prophetic, teaching. I'm believing one day for her to go back to her country and do meetings and trainings and bring money back in that country and investment back in that country. Somebody just needs to die. Because he's just not going to repent. And watch those doors open. Watch people and descendants of people that live there flood back and make Zimbabwe great again. You watch it. People are praying and believing God. And one day, that man is going to be gone, gone, gone. And I pray for the right person, a righteous person, to rise up and take his place. But we need to pray and intercede. How many know God has his man and the devil has his man? We need the right one. Is that not true? Even becoming president of our country. God, let it be done. All right. Two more nuggets and then we're going to wrap it up. Amen. Having lots of fun. Okay. Who are we going to pray for now? I just love doing this. Uh, let's see here. Uh, how about the guy in the white? I prayed you in the white shirt. Did I get you? So let's get your wife. All right. Come up here. Ladies, come stand by her. We're going to pray for her and see what Jesus has to say to Stand by your wife. And she's from Minnesota, is that correct? From Duluth, from up in the north country. Let's pray for her. Amen. This couple has a spirit of excellence. I would love to see their house. I know it's nice. It's decorated nice. I hope you had, gave our sister the opportunity to take it to the next level. You know how to decorate more than anybody I've ever met. She wants things done the right way. She has elegance. She doesn't even look her age. So, God, we thank you because, God, you've given her a youth like the eagles. Amen. And not like just an eagle looking young, but, God, she can see things in the spirit realm. She's called to be prophetic. May even say one day even, trained right, a prophetess. Amen. God, she's committed to the church. She's committed to the family of God. Let her even go someday to a high place like they used to do. Not call down curses like Balaam, but call down the blessings of God in Jesus' name. This place is in Iowa, you literally can drive to the highest place and look like this is a prairie and speak down to the rest of the state in Jesus' name, calling things that are not as though they were. She walks in authority and anointing. She can preach and minister. She's got the fire of God. What an outstanding couple. Really could be pillars in the church. Could easily be on the leadership team. Amen. So God strengthen them. Give her divine energy. She exercises. She eats right. She eats green stuff, and it's disgusting. She's all about health, amen. But she's there to help people and to pour into people. Let them take vacations that turn into ministry trips, in Jesus' name. Actually, see a buying a valuable piece of property is better than putting your money in stocks and bondage, in Jesus' name, amen. What a great couple. Give me a hand, amen. Awesome, brother. Bless you. It's got a nice tan too. You must work outside some, my friend. I look like a weighty golf course. Oh, that's it. He's on par to do his right. He had a party. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, I like this one. Oh, there's so many good points here. We've got to cut it down to one. This is not fair. C. I place before you an open door that no one can shut. Everybody say C. There are, write this down, opportunities everywhere. What did Ray Kroc do for a living? Ray Kroc? He's the founder of McDonald's, right? What was his job? His business, excuse me? What's that? Do you know what he said? He was in a meeting teaching. Someone asked him, so you made your billions selling hamburgers. He said, that's not true. Who said it? It was all about real estate. McDonald's has the most expensive real estate in every city. Burger King won't even have to look around for real estate. They just go where McDonald's is. Because they know that McDonald's did all the work. It's all about real estate. See, he saw the open door. There are open doors for you and me, say man. But we have to open up our eyes. There are people coming to our meetings right here, this church, that are hurting, that are dying inside. God wants you to open up your eyes so you can minister and be an encouragement. Amen. See, I've set before you an open door. The Bible says when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. We have to see people's destiny. How many can say amen? How many believe you have awesome kids say amen? How many believe you have an awesome spouse? Well, I got louder. That's usually the other way around. Very good. Good answer, Pastor. Yes. Do you see it? My son was nine years old. He said, Dad, I want to be a lawyer. At age 24, he passed two bar exams. I passed one, too, but I wasn't a Christian. Someone asked me what I thought about AA. I said, I don't know much about AA. I think it's for quitters. Anyway. This is a Jeff Dunham joke. But anyway, um, um, But at 9, he saw the open door. And like I said this morning, he was on Fox News one month ago. Christianity Today. 700. I'm kind of bragging on him. Uh, uh, he got famous in, in a three-day period. But I knew he'd be good at being a lawyer. Because I saw him argue with his sisters. (laughs) He was trained. He practiced. Amen. And we need to see that in people. You need to see that in your children. See that in your neighbors. See that in your wife. See that in your husband. My wife's dream is to have a hospital. She really likes studying hormones. That's her big thing, hormones. And she wants to have a hospital in Honduras. Bring in American doctors, American patients, save 80% stay in a tropical place, and get healed up, and get prayer, and get love. But Obamacare won't cover it. So we have a new type of health insurance called ostaman Care. Can you see it? Just kidding. Anyway, my last name is Stam, if you don't know. And so God wants us to open up our eyes. Prophets in First Samuel were called seers first. What do you do? you see. Does that make sense? How many here would like to have the next 10 billionaires be born-again, spirit-filled Christians? They saw something, and they ran after it, and God blessed them. Amen. Are your eyes open? Are they? Don't retire. Refire. Amen? All right. We're going to stop. Pray for one more person, and then we're going to uh, wrap it up. Amen. Let's see who gets to be the lucky—almost a lucky victim. I mean, lucky person. Okay. Let's pray for. Well, I got one daughter. You guys are visitors. I'm going to get the second one. Come up here. Amen. Here come stand by her. You stand by your sister. Here you go. Stand right there. A couple ladies want to come help me pray for her. She's a visitor, first time. And uh, all right, there you go. Let's pray for her. She is a lot of fun, too. She, now, I'm not saying you're a drama queen, but she has a good time. Um, she, she, even some of your friends are going to think your sister, is, for a young girl, is pretty cool. Exactly right. Amen. She's confident, too. Now, why debate an older sister? But sometimes she does. Sometimes you'll find out in the middle of the debate she might be wrong. Change the topic. Best way to do it. There you go. Smart enough to get advanced education. How many believe she's smart enough to get a master's degree someday? Uh-huh. you waving your head no. Absolutely. She's going to study hard and succeed. My niece was a slow learner, whatever the title they had. Now she's looking to go to, eventually, medical school. She made a decision to study, to work at it, and she overcame her weakness. I believe that about you. You are not a quitter. Amen? Amen. She has interesting ideas. Could be a little bit artistic. Amen. Let her be a leader, an example. Let her and her sister be so close, you'll be in each other's wedding someday. Won't that be way in the future? Of course, you're way too young, but this is way down the road. Hope you make a lot of money. The weddings aren't going to be cheap. Just letting you know that right now. So, amen. She's also good at kids, too. I like to see her go to church and help out in not just the nursery, but the kids' ministry. Amen. She's very creative. She's a lot of fun. She has a friend come over, they can stay up all night long and chit-chat. So, I prefer to be a good example. And let her take compliments, too. She's going to get things done and let God get the credit and the glory. And also good with animals, too. Amen. Give her a hand. All right. Good to see you, sisters. Now, this is the mom. Does she look like the mom? I thought she's one of the twin sisters there, triplets there. Amen. All right. I want you to bow your head, shut your eyes. And let's pray that God opens a door for you. Father God, just open doors for everybody here, that nobody can shut, that no devil can shut, no devil in hell. There are people here that have tried to open doors, and you have quit. I pray you open the door, Lord. You open the door. Yeah, we have to turn the door knob. Yeah, we might not even have to kick it in a little bit, but, God, you open the door, especially with people that are frustrated, exasperated. It's never going to happen for me. Let faith arise. If you can believe it, God can achieve it, in Jesus' name. Everybody bow your head, shut your eyes. The most important question is this. Are you ready to meet Jesus? God doesn't want anybody here to go to hell. God wants everybody here to go to heaven. You need to give your life to Jesus. Are you ready to give your life to Jesus? What does it profit a man if you get in the whole world and lose your soul? Nothing. Can you imagine? You had an opportunity to give your life to Jesus, and you never did it. And you had an opportunity on June 7th at 7 o'clock to give your life to Jesus. You didn't raise your hand. This is an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus. If you need to do that on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand as high as you can and give your life to God. Are you ready? Jesus raised two hands. You can raise one. If you need to give your life to Christ, do that, please, on the count of three. One, two, three. Raise your hand to give your life to Jesus if you need to right now. Yes, I see one hand. I see two hands. Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, everybody put your hands on your heart. Everybody pray this prayer. Everybody say, Jesus, save me. Forgive me. Come in my heart. Wash away my sins. I believe in Jesus. Jesus is Lord and Savior. He died for me and rose from the dead, and he's coming back. Thank you, Jesus. I turn to you and not my sins in Jesus' name give the lord a hand for those two awesome people. Amen. Amen. Many of those watching this first learned about and now follow IMI and the city of refuge on small tablet screens. Technology has made the world smaller and seemingly more accessible. Yet this access too often breeds apathy apathy born of an illusion that we somehow understand that which cannot be understood unless we are there. Perhaps this is one of the reasons why Jesus told his disciples to go. I don't even know
2: what to say. This is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. I can't believe that there are people that are living out here. Among trash, among chemicals, among vultures, or whatever they're burning. These children, nobody deserves to live like this, especially like these babies. For me, to know that these precious little kids, it makes me want to cry. I mean, that these precious little gifts mm-hmm. live here and you know, that this is where they get everything that sustains them. It's, it's here. Why does it make you cry? It's just so unfilled, oh, Mark. It's just so, it's not what God had designed. It's not God's plan. For them to have to live here, for them to have to get everything that they get for life from this. And I love Tom's dream. He can build apartments for these people so that they don't ever have to come back here. Nobody should ever have to come back here. Ever. What's the blessing about the city of <laughs> I just feel so bad here. <laughs> Mark,
1: you've been to Honduras before. How has this part of the journey impacted
2: you? Um, Every one of these trips is a same way. Our ability to be a king in the world, to, to share this, but there's nothing that really prepares you for this level of
1: existence. What is the most impacting thing about coming to this place?
2: Yeah, they already get stuff. Little things. Underwear. Right.
1: If, if people in America were skeptical about IMI, feeding people and helping people, what would you tell them?
2: <laughs> Come on one of these trips? Yeah. yeah. Come here. Yeah. Experience this for yourself. I mean, breathe this.
1: Yep, because you can't. What we can't do in the video, Ryan, is we can't um, we can't bring the smell, can't bring the flies, and can't breathe in the air. And our goal is to help people come out of this place. What's the difference between here, the garbage dumps, and, and the IMI City of Refuge?
2: The refuge is it's like the mayor. We now have two schools
1: property with 165 students. That green grass no longer is there. That's where our soccer stadium is. We have 60 children that live there. That's a girls' orphanage. That's one of our two hotels. You go down there, you stay in a nice hotel. It's air-conditioned. You have a gazebo basketball court. Let's pause it for a second. That That multi-purpose building has five big rooms. A donation room, furniture making room we just put in, a wrestling mat for kids to wrestle, a weight gym for kids to lift weights, and also a rec center. Go ahead. That boys' dorm there we just remodeled. That baby's orphanage, you remember the picture earlier? That was in the prospecting remodeled there. It's now finished. It's a dining room, kitchen. We have a greenhouse. We're getting ready to put in four more greenhouses. Extended our pool paria, which is a restaurant, bakery, and grocery store. Pause it right there. Right there is where our hardware store is, and we have enough uh, rooms to house about 25 people in the hotel. The very back there, you can see the little pool. Um, That's our baptismal tank, 70 feet long by 40 feet wide. Far right is our first soccer field, and the left, go ahead. That's our hotel. Medical Clinic, we have the only doctor for 20,000 people. That's soccer field. see, more people save the soccer field than anywhere else. Pause it just for a second. You see the green barn? That's where our tractors are. We just built um, on the property 12 barns, including a tractor barn and six pig barns and five chicken barns. The tilapia ponds produce 7,000 fish a year, plus we raise lobsters.
0: Go ahead. That's our tractor.
1: We now have 40 pigs, 30 cows. You see the fruit trees, we have 3,300 fruit trees it's for some missionary stay. Every tree has to be irrigated. That's our big chicken barn. We've also built four new chicken barns since then. It's fully automated. In that barn now we have 600 hens. Unless we have, we have 1,200 roasters in the next five months. That chapel is finished. Several of you have been asking to see more of the children in these videos. Well, we heard you. After all, nothing breaks through the dark quite like the light of the Holy Spirit shining through the eyes of a child who was lost and is now found. One, two, three, four. See the difference between the kids and the garbage dumps? Kids that live in the city of Refuge. During the day, we have right around 250 people that either work here, go to school here, or live here.
2: It's always like springtime with you, making all things new. Your light is breaking through the dark. She's one of two one of four sets of twins. This love is sweeter than wine. That's her
1: twin sister. And Stories. Stories. The little girl in the pink behind is our smallest. She's two. got her when she was a baby. And that oversees 250 acres of land we own. We have 16 instruments. Starting an orchestra, look how hard he's trying. And I don't know where he gets a sense
2: And some kids don't do Our little boy
1: is named Alec. His dad put gasoline on him and burned him when we got him Your seven years ago. Is little Joby, she's three.
2: This is what Working hard do. and going nowhere. That's little Junior
1: when we got him. He was paralyzed with his dad beating him. God healed him.
2: It's supposed to be a picture of me, I don't know about the hair. This daughter, she lived on the streets for three years. some of our missionaries.
1: We raise all our own milk, saves us 1400 a month, and our own corn, and all our own beans, and
2: all our own eggs.
1: We make tortillas out of corn. These are the missionaries.
0: We have 48 missionaries
1: coming. 40
2: from you a church of a pastor alive. that Pastor Ellen How about that, Miss Florida. You, you make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. You one of the reasons why we need a doctor on staff, walking on the monkey bars. You make me come alive. Or dancing. It's like I'm living for the first time. a living for the first time. It's like I'm living for the first time. Find a living for the first time. It's like I'm living for the first time living for the first time. girl on the right this is our first child. we got her she was four years old time. and weighed 10 pounds. Find you find living for the first time I Just want to
1: take them home? Amen. If you want to turn the lights on amen. We have orphanages in Liberia. We have orphanages in India and we feed between five and 10,000 children a month worldwide. Uh, most because we feed are in the Philippines. So this is where your money goes when you give. Tonight, we're going to do something special. I'm kind of excited about this. Um, we're, the offering is going to go to buy mango trees. Let me tell you about mango trees. They can, they can grow and live for 50 years. They produce an average of 350 pounds of fruit a year at a buck a pound. What can 10,000 mango trees do at a buck a pound, 350 pounds each? You know how much money that is? That's $3.5 million. That's our goal. That will feed a lot of orphans around the world. So your investment tonight for 10 bucks, is going to bring tens of thousands of dollars worth of fruit. that either will sell or will give away to hungry people. So for every $10 you give, you give $100, 10 trees. You give $1,000, 100 trees. All that's going to go to trees. And we're going to name it after this church. So when you want to go down there. You see, Generations Church, Orchard, Mangles, I've already got the place picked out. I asked about what's your favorite fruit? And she said Mangles. So that's where the offering's going to go. So this is a Generations Church, Generations Church offering to go to fruit trees. It will multiply over 50 years about 1,700 times.